Once upon a time, my granddaughter, our granddaughter, um, who was sharing FaceTime with us and with her eight-month-old little brother, decided she needed some private time with her Mimi and Doc on FaceTime. So she took the phone into her closet and closed the door, leaving her little brother outside, and opened a book and looked at the camera and said, once upon a time, as she opened the book. Whether the book started that way or not was immaterial, because even two-year-olds know that's the way stories start. Once upon a time. For instance, once upon a time, I saw on Facebook, once upon a time, some cows and goats got loose in Brenham, Texas. This was just a, a week or so ago. I have a young friend whom I had the privilege of mentoring some years ago. His name is Ross Shelton. He posted this, fi- this picture on Facebook, and, and this was an announcement to the community of Brenham. He said, sometimes when you're a small-town pastor, you have to let people know cows and goats have gotten out. And if they're yours and you're looking for them, you can come to First Baptist Church of Brenham (laughs) because they found their way here. Preachers can make a sermon out of almost anything. But I was particularly captivated by this because once upon a time, I owned goats and a cow or two. I offered on Facebook some help if he needed me to come. He said, if it had been an individual cow, I would have called you to see if it were yours. (laughs) So when I posted this picture on Facebook, one of you who has cows, uh, Bob Falke, said, I can't be sure. I'm a good ways away. My ranch is a good ways away from Brenham. But pastor, those look to me like holy cows. (laughs) And so perhaps they were. This made me wonder, where do cows go to get holy? And what do cows and goats know that perhaps we need to know if in fact they're finding their way to the house of God. Would you open your Bibles with me to a story? Sometime this week, it occurred to me, we've been in principles long enough. It's time to get back to the stories, the beautiful stories. So for the next four weeks, the story of Ruth. Today, act one, the hope of home. Would you stand with me? And perhaps by the end of these weeks, we'll be able to say together, this is my story. And the book of Ruth says, in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. The names of his two sons were Malan and Kilion, and they were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. 
Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah, the other Ruth. And after they had lived there about 10 years, both Malan and Kilian also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why why would you come home with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I'm too old to have another husband, even if I thought there was still hope for me. Even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It's more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, and Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. And when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. The book of Ruth follows closely on the heels of the last verse in the book of Judges, which says, Judges 21-25, in those days... Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. An earlier translation, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And in the 
town of Bethlehem, which has not yet become famous for David and Jesus, in the house of bread, Bethlehem, there was no lechem. In the house of bread, there was no bread. And when the foundations are being destroyed, when everybody is doing what is right in their own eyes, even creation itself suffers. And in that period of suffering, the people of God had to decide what to do. There was no king in Israel. So Elimelech and Naomi and their two sons, Malan and Kilian, reverse the flow of the River Jordan, as it were. They, they go the wrong way. All of, all of the scriptures to this point, I mean Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and Joshua have been an effort to get them into the promised land, but they walk away from the promised land thinking it will get better if they can get out of the promised land. But Moab was not kind. There she lost, Naomi lost her husband. She lost both of her sons. And so she heard that there was Lechem in Bethlehem. There was bread again. And so she turned to go back home. The key word in chapter 1 is turn or return. It's used, the word shuv, in Hebrew 15 times in the book of Ruth, 12 in this chapter alone. Everybody's turning and returning. Everybody's going somewhere, trying to get somewhere. And it occurs to Naomi that perhaps she can go home. It was Robert Frost, I think, who wrote in... uh, the death of a hired man. Home is the place where when you go there, they have to take you in. I should have said something you somehow haven't to deserve. If you're going home, and it turns out that she has land, we will discover. She has people. She returns toward God's people, God's provision, God's protection. She's going to go home, and there is some debate, as you well know, about whether or not one can actually go home again. But the gospel according to Ruth says it is possible to turn, to return. God offers this standing invitation For those who have ears to hear, come home to God. Come home to his people. Come home to his protection. Come home to his provision. When the world lives like there is no God, we have options. God's people may reject our king, walk away, and find ourselves empty. The names of the people in this story are significant. For instance, Judges 21, 25, in the time when there was no king in Israel, some family had a little boy. 
and named him Elimelech, which means my God is king. In a time when Israel has no king, at least one family knew that God had always been Israel's king. Another family had a little girl and named her Naomi, pleasant. One translation says, ray of sunshine. And here Naomi and Elimelech come together and God blesses them with children, but the children, even from their names, you get the sense they're not doing well. I wouldn't recommend these names. If you're looking for biblical names for your kids, Malan means sickly, and Kilian means weakling or pining. And they, perhaps reflecting back, this is the way these boys were. Maybe these were their nicknames, and so they leave the land of Israel. I mean, it, you know, why do immigrants leave their countries and come to another country? Maybe sometimes it's because they believe that there's something there that's better. This is certainly their story, but they're, they're, they're going the wrong way. In fact, I believe even in the time when this was written, if somebody had read this out loud, when they came to the place and it said they went to Moab, somebody in the congregation would have went, oh. They left the promised land to go back. We have options. We too live in a day, it seems to me, when people are doing what is right in their own eyes. Everyone is doing what they see fit. After all, truth has become relative and anybody can do what is right for them. And maybe it's wrong for you, but maybe it's not wrong for them. And this is the world that we live in. And in this world, the temptation is, I think, perhaps to say, well, if you can't beat them, you might as well join them. I, there's a lot of that going on these days, prompting me to remind a young friend of mine recently about a bumper sticker I saw once which said, if you are living like there is no God, you better be right. You better be right if you're living like there is no God. And so there comes this... Um, time when they go away and C.S. Lewis said there's one road that leads home there's a thousand roads that lead into the wilderness be careful which road you take as a sign said on the Alcan highway when my family was taking me to Alaska when I was a year and a half old choose your rut well you're going to be in it for the next 20 miles you have to be careful which road you take. And I love what Henry Nouwen wrote. The farther I run away from the place where God dwells, the less I am able to hear the voice that calls me beloved. I mean to say, as bad as the world is these days, as bad as life can be even for the godly people, I'll tell you what would make it worse. Go away from God. Give up on Him. Run away from Him and watch calamity come. Oh, oh, Bethlehem was not a good place to be, but it turns out Moab was worse. In Naomi's own words, I went away full. What? I thought you were hungry. Well, at least I had my husband and my two children, but I've come home empty. Remember the words of Jesus, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
And marinating in this story this week, I remember the end of that movie, Castaway. You remember the one where, where Tom Hanks talks to the volleyball and names it Wilson? That, that movie where he is shipwrecked as an employee of FedEx and, and our, our his plane crashes and he's alone on this island and he loses a lot of weight and grows a really big beard and then he eventually gets rescued and he decides to deliver that one FedEx package that has kept him focused the whole time on the island and he drops it off. It's got beautiful angel wings painted on it and he stands at a crossroads and a pickup comes by. It's only after it goes by that he notices those same beautiful angel wings are painted on the pickup. And the lady in the pickup rolls down the window and says, you look lost. And Tom Hanks says, do I? And she says, do you know where you're going? And he looks in four different directions somewhere in West Texas and says, I was just about to figure that out. Maybe you came to this place and in despair you look at the world and you say with Longfellow, there is no peace on earth. Which way can you go when the foundations are being destroyed what do the righteous do but even in the worst times in our lives if we look we will see that God is still at work that he's about to do something that maybe it's time to turn to turn in a different direction than we have been going. And it looks like everybody. In fact, there's at least three people who turn in this story. There is that magnificent moment when we realize when the world lives like there is no God, God's people may return to our King and find the fullness that we long for. For instance, Naomi returned to Bethlehem. But it's interesting. I don't want to diminish that she says, even if there were hope for me, like those disciples on the road to Emmaus, she has given up on hope. Her hope is in the past tense, even if there were hope for me. I mean, she's headed home because she's heard that there's bread, but she can't get over the things that have happened to her. It's like the lady who was wearing the T-shirt one day that said, be nice to me. I had a hard day, and a little boy named Eric looked up at her and said, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. How do you know? How do you know it's been a, a hard day for you? I think about Jim Dennison's story about the dog, the German shepherd that was lost, and uh, they, they posted an ad looking for their dog, lost a German shepherd, blind in one eye, three legs, ear torn from a fight, answers to the name lucky. Well, Naomi doesn't feel very lucky right now. In fact, she wants to change her name. She's no longer pleasant. She's not a ray of sunshine. She's picked up a Moabite name. Mara means bitter. And in her bitterness, she is going to head home, not because of hope, but I think because it's a place where she can go and to die. I want to paint her story in the most positive light, but as Eugene Peterson says, by being taken seriously, not 
rejected, not toned down, not spiritualized. Naomi's complaint becomes part of the story, and the emptiness of her life is woven into this plot, and in the process is the occasion for demonstrating God's providence. Orpah returned to Moab. There's this tearful conversation. Um, They're headed down the road, but before they get far, Naomi says, you don't need to come with me. I think she wonders whether these two undocumented immigrants will find peace in the land of Israel. We'll later see. Can she guarantee their protection? Can she promise them provision? Better perhaps for you to stay here. Just, Just go back to your mother's, not your father's, to your mother's household. Maybe you'll be blessed with a husband. I can't give you a husband. My sons have died, but Orpah, you... And Orpah's name, interestingly, means the back of the neck, which is precisely what she gave to Naomi. She gave her the back of her neck and turned back to her people and her God with a little g. It it strikes me as extraordinary, though, that there's a third person who turns. For instance, we can't forget the story of Ruth, for whom the book is named. She could have gone back too, but instead, she is the exemplary one because her turn, her shuv, her return. Look, Naomi's returning to the place where she was born, the house of bread, and Orpah's returning to the place she was born, but it's interesting, the writer uses the same word to say, it's almost like they're standing there with Tom Hanks at the crossroads, and Ruth has never been there before. But she's determined. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people, my people. Your God, my God. This is extraordinary. Joao reminded me of that that beautiful uh, part of the Lord of the Rings when when Samwise Gamgee, uh, Frodo's companion, is sleeping. And Frodo's trying to get that ring back to Mordor, so he decides to press on alone. Like Elijah, he's going to leave his servant there and try to get away try to get away so he can experience the the angst and the loneliness of doing this task and so he, he he heads out and he gets in the boat and he begins to row toward Mordor and then he hears this splashing in the water and here comes Samwise Gamgee and he says you go back Samwise I have to take the ring to Mordor alone I'm taking the ring to Mordor alone and his companion Samwise Gamgee says of course you are and I'm going with you and Frodo says but you can't swim as Samwise begins to sink he goes and pulls him out of the water and he says why would you risk your life to go with me and Samwise says because I made a promise that I wouldn't leave you and I intend not to leave you This is Ruth. You you have to love her devotion to Naomi. And they get to the city of Bethlehem, the house of bread. Don't miss this. Just in time for the barley harvest to begin. It's Ruth who has the hope in this story. It's Ruth who is exemplary to us because she sees what perhaps the others do not see, that there are turning points in our lives when we can find our way home. 
There was a revival preacher in a small town. They gathered together for revival in a church. The preacher was waxing eloquent, or at least he thought he was. We sometimes think, think we are. And, and as he was preaching, no kidding, this only happens in small towns like cows and goats going to church. The back door was open because it was hot. It was the summertime. They didn't have uh, air conditioning and... A dog walked in the back door of the church during the sermon, walked all the way to the front and stopped at each pew and looked both ways. Came all the way to the front, turned around, went all the way to the back and left. And the congregation was a bit um, amazed at this. And the revival preacher thinking quickly said, the dog knows more than we do because at least he came tonight looking for his master. Why did we come today? Alexander White said the victorious Christian life is a series of new beginnings. And today, like for Ruth on that day, could be a day when you and I turn in a new direction and return to the God who made us for himself, as Augustine said, and that's why we're restless, until we find rest in him. When I was a, a young preacher in Montana the summer after my freshman year preaching revivals, around the state. A friend of mine sent me an album by Ken Miedema. And this blind composer and singer had taken the old shaker hymn and, and put it to a tune. And the words of the song still ring in my heart. Tis a gift to be simple. Tis a gift to be free. Tis a gift to come down where one ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, it will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed to turn. Turn will be our delight till by turning, turning, we come round right where will you go come home you who are weary come home let's pray father we thank you for your presence in this place for your invitation to life i pray today lord that we would locate ourselves with your people under your protection, in your provision. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.